Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Plan Podcast Network and Kelly! It is hashtag RPG a day 2019. It has been a heck of a long month. So many events happening in Tucson, doing all these things. We got stuff coming up in a couple days at CocoCon. Yeah, this will yeah. be a, it's the second year of CocoCon. Yeah, um, and our first. Yeah. We won tickets from Dickens. Yay! Yay. It'll be fun to see everybody. Plus, I'm doing panels. With Madame Askew and your and there's gaming, there's photography a full gaming schedule up there too now. Yes, which CocoCon that's C O K O C O N CocoCon. So it is August the twenty sixth. Do you know what the word of the day is? I have no clue actually. I haven't looked at the chart. I was really hoping you'd say idea because idea is the word. I have no idea. There you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> I think it idea. Idea <laughs> is the word. You might have the right idea. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I've already mentioned uh, in previous ones, like certain, like I come up, came up with ideas that even I didn't expect me to come up with. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, because um, uh, let's see here. Let me try and think of one. I think I've mentioned it before, but when your character has is faced with a specific task or something, and then you come up with this really great idea that's so much fun. Like for example, I was playing a uh, Scion of Loki, and I created this character not to be, you know, very hitty hitty. It's you know more of a support character well yeah and to I will, I've, n- I've never really played a real trickster yeah you know because I myself am not very I mean I don't I can't lie really to save my life or you know it's playing that type of person is I'm like, yeah, I'm the gullible one. I'm the, you know, I like... It's counterintuitive. Yeah, it's not me. It's not, you know, I'm not... I don't think in those terms. So I thought, oh, (laughs) I'm going to play a character that's not like me and and try and play that type of character. And I'm like, at first I'm thinking, what the hell was I thinking? What type of bad idea was that? How are you going to play a character when you don't think that way? But... It took a little while, but I 
you know, have to stop and think, well, how would somebody do this, you know? And since I was the sign of Loki, well, how would Loki do this? So I had been given this task by the the evil, the witches. The and witches. Exactly. And they put this, uh, what was the name? The curse. The curse on me. So I had to do this. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, if I didn't, I could never regain um, legend yeah. back or, you know, so it's like, I would be fucked. This character would become useless. Um, so, okay, fine. I have to come up with an idea of how to do this. I don't actually want to complete the task for them because... You knew it had it a bad consequence. Be, it would be a horrible consequence for the world. We, we can go ahead and say it. You guys uh, knew I, that they had the moon calf. Yeah, they had the moon calf. Which required the heart of a great beast. Of a car, yeah. And so they sent me to get the hearts. And I'm like, well, fuck. What the hell am I supposed to do? But then Viking trickster tradition. Exactly, I get this idea. Oh my god! Well, what would Loki do? Like Loki would get the heart, and I had the idea of well, they didn't say what condition the heart had to be in, and you specifically had had clarification on that. Exactly, out of character. uh, Yeah. And so I got the rest of the team to help me uh, get the fear board. Get the fear board, this massive board that had been terrorizing this subway system because it was living down there. And I mean, massive, it was gigantic. So, and then I had the idea well, okay, don't have to. They never said it had to be in a good condition or anything like that. Just had to be there. So what I did was then I took this gigantic heart after we cut it out of the creature. And I think, oh, and we also harvested the skin mm-hmm. and had it made into an armor because, of course, it was like a Nemean boar. So in Greek mythology, nothing can pierce the Nemean boar. But we used its own tusks to cut, to it. cut it from the body. Um, Much like Hercules used exactly the lion's Exactly, used the lion's claws. Um, Funny, we also went up against an Indian shark once. Yeah. Uh, but so, so then I take it, I took it and I'm like, okay, we have to put a tarp down. I said, and basically proceeded to dice and mince this heart into, but making sure that I didn't leave any piece out. You know that mm-hmm. it was whole. All the pieces were there. But it was pate. <laughs> so then we put it into a cooler and we brought it to them. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, I, I did have to say that I was a little impressed that I actually came up with that idea. Um, Trixie was a little smug, even. Yeah, well, she was really pissed at them. But to be fair, she really did egg them on. Mm-hmm. You know, she sassed them quite a bit. And Trixie why was they... really surprised with the idea that they actually appreciated her humor. Mm-hmm. In true Viking fashion, you were given a challenge, you came through with it, but you found the workaround. I found the loophole, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that way you completed their mission for them, but they gained nothing from it. Exactly. Which in classic mythology, that's 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 totally a thing. But the community gained because now they were no longer being terrorized by the Nemean boar. Mm-hmm. And our heroes were big damn heroes. <laughs> yeah. 
Nobody knew that they were forced by the bad guys. Although to do their, it. their uh, Fenrir wolf uh, did benefit because it got you to get a hard. ice chest full of you know pig's you know, meat. Exactly, you know organ meat. So it, mm-hmm. it got to enjoy a nice tasty dinner. He didn't eat the next car he saw you driving. Yeah, that's true. Because you know he peed and ate the tires. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I'm sorry, I just envisioned him as Snively's dog. Uh-huh, sidekick from, from... From the Hannibal Bear days. Uh-huh. You know, the dog... Well, was... I did insult it, so... Ah, oh, that character did that a lot. And it almost killed her. And, and let's be honest, in Viking tradition, insults are worse than killing someone. Oh, yeah, like the security guards. Oh, yeah, oh. the werewolf guy. He was going to come back and jack your Oh, my up. God, he almost killed me. He it, did. Yeah, I was terrified because I'm writing down when you're Thank insulting him. goodness for Serpent's Gaze. And wireless interface. Yeah, exactly. And Pixies to pick up and dial e- the phone. Exactly. Once they figured out how to do it. Yeah, oh, I, my God. I, I loved died. when you told me to have, you know, you're basically role-played the pixies to pick up and call room service. Uh-huh. And I'm like, these are ancient pixies trapped security. in a ring box. They don't know how to dial a phone. <laughs> and you had to walk them through it. Yeah. Explaining how to use a rotary phone for someone who's <laughs> never used one before. I know. As soon as I opened the door and he was like, if it, if it hadn't been for Serpent's Gaze, I would have been dead. <laughs> because you had the idea of keeping him locked in place. <laughs> exactly. While you screamed for your help to help you. Exactly. Oh, my God. That was... <laughs> Oh, but then I just totally took advantage of the hotel because they were the hotel security and hotel security just tried to almost kill a guest. Yeah, I think that that was, okay, truth be told, she totally egged this on, you know. But in classic mythology, just because someone eggs into doing something, I know. The right it to breaks do it. the thing of hospitality too, yep. which is also very, very, very big cross-cultural with, the, with the, the Vikings as well. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you don't do that to a guest. You don't, you know, type of thing. Even mm-hmm. if the guest is being a dick, and I was, I was. Yeah, but that was your character. You're staying true to your story. I was. So that's, you know, who knows where these wacky ideas come from. (laughs) How a lot of them come from reading, you know, just the classics. That brings me to my idea for idea, which for both players and game masters is the idea machine. Do not be afraid of getting on things like Wikipedia, Google, throw out words, throw out things, and just start reading ideas. You know, you can have great adventure ideas from... Like a certain writer who wrote a book series that became all the rave in an HBO show based on the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> and even George R. R. Martin Minson, like that panel we went to, he's like, yeah. You went to. Yeah. <laughs> that basically it's the Hundred Years' War plus a few other conflicts around that same time mixed in and salt and peppered and dragons. Oh, yeah, and add a little more horrible. Yeah, yeah. Add horrible, a bunch- horrible. Oh, and more horrible. What, in history all these horrible things weren't done? No, that's not what I'm saying. I know. But you could get tons of ideas just by mining what's out there in wiki. That You know, you don't even have to buy things. Hell, go to your library. Definitely mm-hmm. go to your library. If you go to the mythology section, yep. you can just read through different cultures. Like we were talking at the Rincon fundraiser last night about uh, fairy tales from like the Yaki. Here are the native Arizona mm-hmm. you know, tribes. Read those and try to reinterpret those as for player groups. Yeah, like in our Dresden game, 
Uh, I tried, I wanted to pull more of that type of thing into mm -hmm. it. It's a little hard when the players are fighting you, though. <laughs> hey, the book, the, set, the setting of the Seventh Sun, that's actually booked because I went on Amazon and put searched mm -hmm. the Mayan sun traditions, and that came up. So I'm like, okay, I will buy, borrow that title as the title that the Quetzalcoatl is writing a book about, hey, it's a cautionary tale, mm -hmm. and it's also a book to give to the Winter Queen of this is what the prophecies say are going to happen. Yeah. It just happened to be that a bunch of vampires ate that Quetzalcoatl and stole his book before he could deliver it to the winter night. So ideas don't be, and as players, you know, I would love, because we kind of mentioned pa female paladin before, what if somebody went and did Joan of Arc in a D&D game as a paladin? She didn't start out as an uber knight in training. No, she started out as a, help, practically an urchin. She was a peasant. Yeah, and then she gets paladin, and then she goes on her way, which kind of brings us back to bad nobility. Yeah. So don't be afraid of borrowing ideas from history, you know, Wikipedia to hear other stories. There's a book that I love that I read years ago. I think I still have it at the house called Steal Like an Artist. Hmm. I think you do. And, and it does cover like 10 topics in this little book that, now of course, when it says steal like an artist, it means take, beg, borrow, and steal from everything, but don't rip off. There's a big yeah. difference for, between plagiarism and stealing ideas, concepts, and the ideal. Okay, yeah, for an example, um, and some of them are good and some of them are horrible. Okay, you have Seven Samurai by Kira Kurosawa. Mm -hmm. An amazing black and white film, like four hours, you know. It's just an amazing story. Each character's story. got an amazing backstory. But there are so many movies that are basically reinterpretations, stole, yeah, reinterpretations of that storyline. You have good ones like The Magnificent Seven. The original. And I have never seen the remake. The remake. So, uh, but I'm talking about the original one with Yule Brunner, and, mm -hmm. um, which was really good. Then you have like the absolute horrible atrocity that is Battle Beyond the Stars. Um, uh, but, but then there's other ones. Pretzels. But even, di you know, it's like Bugs Life. Yep. Bugs Life is. It's, a it's seven animated version bugs. of the Seven Samurai. Yeah. So and it's cute. It's you know it's but it's still the same story. Uh huh. So um, those are, I mean, they're taking the idea, but they're changing it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, some people are gonna say, well, you know, it's just stealing. You know, it's not really. It's you know. You know the old saying, there are no news stories. Yeah. Basically, it's just different interpretations. And I, for one, also agree that not everything has to be remade for crying out loud. But then sometimes the remakes can be very good mm -hmm. or a reinterpretation of it as well. Um, like, for example, the again, The Seven Samurai, you know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily get to appreciate the original um, for one, maybe they have a learning disability and subtitles is hard for them. Mm -hmm. You know, or it takes them longer to read or something. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean that they can never enjoy that story? You know, because mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if I've never seen a dubbed version of that movie. What, Seven, Seven, Seven? Yeah. I don't I've think there is any. There's just seen, the you know, subtitles. Exactly. Um, but then 
hey, you know what? Watch Magnificent Seven. It's yeah. a good rendition of it. Heck, and then I remember as a kid, I uh, saw Rome, um, West Side Story. Oh, yeah. Okay. You mentioned that one. And when I was a kid, I mean, I actually cried. I mean, and when I was a kid, there's only like one other movie I ever cried at. Was that was the original classic black and the white King Kong? Because, damn, that just was horrible what happened to him. Um, but then when I was got a little older, because I mean, I saw it when I was really young. Uh, and then when I got a little older, and I found out that it's just Romeo and Juliet, I actually got kind of angry at first because I was. You were feeling plagiarism. I'm like, you mean it was stolen? But now, you know, it's like it wasn't stolen. It's just used as, you know. Um, Revision. Exactly. And there's a difference. They're taking an idea and they're adjusting it or making it accessible in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that could just be easy changing the language. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'll give you one. A wise old man rescues a young boy. And then years later, reconnects with this young boy, who's now a young man, and gives him a magical sword, and teaches him the difference between right and wrong. <laughs> now, am I talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker? Or maybe Merlin, Merlin and, and Arthur, Arthur? You know, you know or... there, there's, there's, you know, even greats have some basis that's stolen from a true template that... Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like the hero's journey, the book. Yeah. That talks about the hero's journey of any story. It's so many iconic archetypes are in our DNA practically, whether you're from one side of the world or the other. Those archetypes are there. They're they've been repeated through history, they've been done again, you know. Mm-hmm. And they pop up so commonly that why not use that? I mean, yeah. I don't believe in using tropes for tropes' sake, but using tropes for recognition. Because if I give you guys the idea of an escort quest, in this day and age, the with worst online, quest, quest type ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of the in this day and age, stereotypes and tropes are, are there for a reason. Because there's something we can easily pattern match in our brain and connect to. Yeah. So don't be afraid of using those. Like, you know, okay, you and me are going on a quest to go save the princess. Is this a princess in a castle with a dragon or a princess under lock and key from her dad she doesn't know in a Death Star? Mm-hmm. It's type ideas that and you can you find out she's the warlord. Yeah. <laughs> that supposedly kidnapped herself. <laughs> <laughs> There's these ideas that you can tap into that it could be that, hey, maybe what if Princess Leia wasn't a good diplomat, but she was an evil, conniving politician, that she purposely let herself get kidnapped and all of her men slaughtered to prove the point that the military must go, and then you realize it's a political coup against the military. (laughs) You can change things around, I mean. Exactly. And even look at old military operations that happened. Like, I had the joking idea of, since, like, Acquisitions Incorporated is so huge and fun and dandy now, why not go back and look at the concept of free armies back in the 11th, 12th century? And the things mercenaries, you yeah. mean? Yeah. You mean free adventure companies. <laughs> free adventure companies. That And that's pretty much the concept of mercenary bands that hire adventurers and then provide... Because now in 5th edition, factions are a thing. Why wouldn't you have, instead of the the Black Network is the Mafia syndicate that you have a faction to, why not have a free mercenary company? 
Adventurer's Guild, so yeah. to speak. You know, like in back in 3.5, the Pathfinder Society, which is basically an adventurer's gentleman's club, you know, type of thing. Why not have more of those where the adventuring company <gasps> oh my God, finds it's like the jobs for you? They're yeah. being hired to protect the we village. Do, we do not want the one who gave him the scar. We don't want the one with the scar. We want the man who gave him the scar. Because, <laughs> you know, it's that common idea of that, you know, you look back at stories and movies and things and you will get ideas. Yeah. And speaking of that, I pretty much always have some type of notebook with me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a little one, I, I keep one in my purse for the most part. Um, uh, and there's something about, I mean, I know a lot of people take uh, you know, like stuff on their phones and stuff. And I will use the, the notepad on my phone when mm-hmm. I, I need to. Of course, we've already established that my phone is practically, you know, <laughs> doesn't really work that well. Um, but there's something about having a notebook. I mean, the tactile sensation. Exactly. I mean, and now I even keep a journal for all of my games. You know, the different different color ink. Well, it's color coded, and you know, uh, that's a great idea for games and stuff. Um, This way, I can look at a glance. Oh, red text. That's you know. Um, but it keeps a calendar as opposed to a book for each game. Mm-hmm. I don't like much. that as much. Um, I like being able to, you know... Which, by the way, game diaries are a great idea because years from now, Kelly can look back at this and remember, oh, yeah, for those games that we're all podcasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's nice to have both the podcast and the notes. Um but this way I can go back and, oh, okay, well, you know, and it just gives me, uh, also I have a tendency to like to doodle. Yeah, you have adorable uh, doodles. No, I don't. I no, mean, I don't adorable. have that many. Um, but this way I can keep track of everything and I keep, like if I get an idea, I, I write it in my book. Mm-hmm. And as a GM, uh, you should always My friend have calls it the notebook of doom. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. You know, and it will have... It could have it on anything. Yeah. Okay, so I've got an idea for something for the TSS, the Tucson Steampunk Society, or or specific costume, or specific, oh, this is an idea for the murder mystery that we put on for Rincon. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is oh, I just need to do this. <laughs> to do or lists. oh, I have to do something at home, or I wanna, you know, I have a list of home improvement projects. Uh-huh. <laughs> that list's for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> As a GM, a having, do list as well. having a journal to write down ideas as they pop in your head, because remember, they pop in and out of your head mm-hmm. instantly. So if you don't get them scribed down, you will forget. Yeah. And it is true that writing it down is one of the best ways of mind and body syncing together with, with memorizing the idea. Yeah. Because you'll be like, oh, it's in my journal. And you'll know, just like... Paperback books compared to PDF books. Paperback books, you remember where the you almost is. like and you can see sort of where the thickness is mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, like when I was in college, uh, you know, if you write the notes down and then I would type them up, mm-hmm. it reinforces it and stuff. And then but it was can. really great because when I had ta- was taking cellular and molecular biology. Um, uh, you had awesome the, notes. Well, I had all the notes because she did these really great overhead projectors and stuff. So I typed them down. And then for tests, it was awesome. She says you can have one page of notes. You could have one page of notes, and uh, but no pictures. 
if you have a picture, it has to be hand-drawn. And I'm like, awesome. So I literally take my notes, squish down the font, you know, and then I would hand-write, draw in, like, you know, the picture, the, the cell. and so the, you know, the, Yeah, exactly. Um, or uh, the chemical portion I didn't do well on. I hate it. Actual chemistry. Yeah, um, I did okay. But... Man, I rocked those tests. Why? Because I had really good notes. And you know, GMs really love players that have good notes because in the game, while you're throwing something out, and if you as a GM got your own note, and your player, you kind of like pause and let yeah, the no, player do... Oh, no, I got that. You know, and then your player will go through the notes and pull it out rather than you What was the name of the that kid, that character? Oh, it was Skax. What was you the know? name of that city we have to travel to? Yeah, you know, it's in the in the notes. So the having part. notes is a great idea. And having more than one player, players each taking their notes because sometimes they'll write down something different than the other players and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it... One of the coolest characters I had dozens of years ago was a cleric who actually was like the old scholarly clerics you know, that would sit there in church scribing books and I literally wrote like a two paragraph summary of the adventure from his point of view I still am sorely sad that I lost that that was in the great move that that, that could have been a great thing to reproduce and print up because it was this 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 very common cleric who basically was all about intellectual aspects, but he could club the club of orc with the, re the best of them. And he would just write down his opinions on the other characters. Of course, a lot of times I'd also ask the characters, you know, the players, add a character, a couple questions about their character that chums on the adventuring road would ask each other so my character could fill in background about them of, oh, my friend is this, a secret of that. So that way, it helped remind me when I read through there what the ideals were that in our partnership were as a group. So I think we've beaten the idea out of the idea. <laughs> so that is August the 26th. Idea. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Down in the depths of the mountain, we dwarves spend our time forging powerful weapons, mining precious gems and metals, and feasting like kings. But after a day of digging for the next Arkenstone, this dwarf likes to come home to a package full of loot. Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service forged specifically for RPG and tabletop gamers. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So are you brave enough to reward yourself with a dungeon crate? By Morden's beard, I hope so. DungeonCrate.com. Let the adventure begin. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.